the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. Let me have a prayer with you. Psalm 139, it talks about the paths that we take. And every path that we take on this earth is appointed by you for us. There was a couple that got married yesterday, Ryan and Katie. Their path stopped momentarily because God wanted to bring Katie into Ryan's life and Ryan into Katie's life. And then they kept walking as they have now this morning, hand in hand. The path you have chosen for us brings us to this particular service on this particular Sunday morning. May the words that are spoken in the meditation of each heart here and throughout this country, may they be blessed by you and visited by your Spirit. Such things we ask in our Lord's name. Amen. I have not spoken on one of the prophets in a quarter of a century. It's too long to wait. Samuel, Moses, Nathan, Elijah, Elisha, all men sent out from God, all of whom made significant but relatively brief appearances in the records of Hebrew history as spokesmen for God. But the word prophet which is attached to their names, the word prophet has been clothed with its richest robes when it comes to a group of five men who lived 8th, 7th, 6th century B.C., the great prophets, the one that more ably bore those names, the one whose ministry went longer, Amos, Hosea, the mighty Jeremiah, Micah, and Isaiah himself. The five great prophets, Amos, Hosea, Isaiah, Jeremiah, Micah. God appointed them their task when the culture of Israel had changed. For centuries they were a nomadic people. They wandered from one place to the next. But the time came when they ceased their traveling. They became a territorial nation. They conquered towns and cities and villages, and that's where they then settled. And as they gradually settled, the influence of the Baal worship of the Canaanites began to manifest itself in small ways. And then as the years went by in larger ways, they had conquered these nations. 
But as they settled amongst them, the idol worshippers, the different activities that went with the worship of those idols, the culture itself in which they settled began to infiltrate. They professed allegiance to Yahweh, but increasingly they showed a reverence to the local gods and goddesses, the idols of their neighbors. The worship of these idols was so much a part of the culture, the Israelites, for the main part, didn't understand what was going on. They just thought they were doing activities that were part of the culture. They didn't realize that that cultural activity was actually the worship of Baal and Ashtoreth. Who were the prophets in general before we look at Isaiah in particular? Who were the prophets? They were men and women appointed by God for this time in the Israelite history. God saw what was going on and God appointed prophets to bring to the minds of the people exactly the harm they were doing to themselves and to the worship of Yahweh. They were all humble men. Not a single one of them wanted the position. But in every instance in the Bible, God sought them. Most of them argued with God. They shied away from this commissioning. They were fearful that they could not live up to God's expectations. They were fearful that the words that came out of their mouth would not be listened to by the people. But once God's expectations for them were set forth and once they were commissioned by God himself and once they understood that, they were like warriors on a mission. They knew no fear. Nothing could stop them, not even the threat of death itself. The prophets were ambassadors of the Most High God. They proclaimed the sovereign will of God and they proclaimed his divine purpose for the Israelites and for the community and the world in which they lived. They were ambassadors. Jeremiah put it this way. The Lord reached out his hand and he touched my lips. And the words that came out of my lips were the words of God himself. Ambassadors. The Apostle Paul in his second letter to the Corinthians, he said, you are ambassadors for the Most High God. It is as if God himself had appointed you to this task. Here's the irony. In the Old Testament, the prophets were the ambassadors. Touched by the Holy Spirit of God. We here sitting, 120, however many are at this early service, we have the task of the prophets. We are ambassadors for God. 
It is as if God were speaking his message through us. Why are we ambassadors? Because we've been touched by the Holy Spirit. Why are we ambassadors? Because the culture in which we live, you need but look at television or watch the news. The culture in which we live is like the culture of the Israelites. Slowly it seeps into a Christian. And we sit and say, that's not too bad. Maybe God's made the mistake. Maybe the Ten Commandments are no longer valid. That's what it comes to. You and I are prophets. God touches our heart with the Holy Spirit. And he touches our lips to give us courage and to bring forth the fact that we serve one person on this earth. And that one person we serve is the Lord God Almighty. At the wedding yesterday, that couple had something I'd never seen before. They had a cross. They didn't have a wedding candle. They didn't have sand. They had a cross. The base was God. He put the cross up there. She put something inside that cross. They were making a proclamation to the 200 people that were here, many of them millennials. They were making a proclamation to everyone who was here. We are Christians. We desire him to be the central foundation in our lives. I got chills when I saw what they were doing. And when I understood that they were making a proclamation to everyone who was here, they, in that simple act, were ambassadors for God's kingdom. These prophets lived very, very close to the source of their strength. And their strength was God. Last week, we commissioned seven members of the Board of Governance. And as they stood up here, they took certain vows. The first vow they took, we will stay close to God and his word. Because if we do not, the power of this position could warp us. It could change us. We will stand close to God. In about a month, the teachers of our parochial school will be up here. We will commission them. The first thing we will say to the teachers is, as you have been called to this high service, there is one thing you must do. You must stay close to God, his word, his sacraments, and you must stay close to him in daily prayer. That task is so important. That task is assailed by Satan himself. He knows the importance of it. You are ambassadors for God. You are the equivalent of the Old Testament prophets. You 
by the Board of Governance, you like your pastors, you like our teaching staff, you must stay close to God. His word, his sacraments, and prayer. If God knows the importance of the position of Board of Governance and will assail it, if God knows the importance of the preaching ministry and will come against it, if God knows the importance of our parochial school and its teachers and will come against it, he knows the importance of you, one individual, and he will come against you. His word, his sacrament, prayer, worship, they are the armor. Ephesians 6, 11 and 12. They are the armor that you and I place upon ourselves. I want to speak just a little bit about Hosea. This prophet in particular. The prophecy of Hosea finds its roots in his marriage. Of all the prophets... He is the only one whose prophecy is tied in with his merits. His friends would have said of Hosea, he married the wrong girl. Gomer was her name. She became a prostitute, the temple worship of Baal. When he married her, such was not the case. Marriages were arranged for Hebrew girls. When they were 13, 14 years of age. I'll venture to say that Gomer was a typical Hebrew bride. But as time went on, there was a disconnect between her and her husband. Her husband was already a prophet of God. Her husband was already proclaiming God and his judgment to the people. And all of a sudden, slowly but surely, his wife, mingling with other wives of those who lived in the towns and villages, she began to be involved in the culture of that time. And the culture was all revolved around the worship of Baal and Ashtoreth. Drunkenness, orgies, sexual dalliances that went were the worship of Baal. And as she is slowly drifting away, Hosea is intent on reaching all of the people of Israel. And he does not realize that in his own home, the most important person in his life, he is so intent on reaching out that he does not reach it. There are many a theologian have written on this subject. And the main point that they bring forth is the ones we ought to minister most clearly to are those in our own home. I've said it so many times. 1,600 baptisms now over all these years. 
95% of those baptisms, the babies. Two more later this afternoon. And every single time I baptize an infant. When I married Katie Dietrich yesterday, when I was involved in her wedding, I had baptized her 28 years ago. And now I'm here as part of her wedding. And I'm sitting there thinking to myself as I realize I had baptized her. And as I realize what Ron and Carolyn are like and, and Ryan's parents, members over there at Parkview go every Sunday, I looked at all that was taking place. And I said about Ryan's parents and I said about Katie's parents, they took seriously their vows. I will bring my child regularly to the service of God's house. I will provide for the further instruction of the Christian faith. I will pray with them and for them on a daily basis. And I will do everything that God allows me to do to bring them up to know Jesus Christ as Lord and Savior. I'll tell you it does something to you when you realize that someone you baptized 28 years ago is now making a profession of faith in the midst of her wedding ceremony. It also makes you realize how old you've become. Thank you. Don't be smiling there, Braden. She left him. And she left the children. And she went to the temple of Baal. And she became a prostitute there. It is said of Hosea that there is no prophet that ever wrote about the love of God like Hosea did. People, when he started his ministry, he was as loud and boisterous in the judgments of God upon the people. When his wife left him, he had two choices. I will devolve into anger, cynicism, and bitterness. Or I will love her still. And that's what he did. He literally said, if she will not accept my love, I will at least care for her and try and protect her from what is to come. That's what he did. Judas sold Jesus for 30 pieces of silver. That was the price of buying a slave. When he went into the marketplace to find his wife, he bought her. He bought her 30 pieces of silver. He buys back his wife. She had become a slave in that trade. There is one point I would make about Hosea. 
There is a single verse in Corinthians. It says, The pain in your life that God is allowed to guide. The pain in your life brought by Satan that God is allowed to guide. God took the pain, intense pain that Isaiah had when all of this happened and he guided Hosea through their suffering. And when he comes out the other side with Gomer there at his side, the children have their mother back. And many a theologian believe genuine penitence came from her. And a deeper understanding came from her husband. After that episode, Hosea was no longer the prophet of judgment and doom. He proclaimed God's love more clearly than any prophet ever did in the Old Testament. Why did he proclaim God's love so clearly? Because he realized that even as he loved Gomer and wanted her to be safe, no matter what had happened in her life, he realized God was the same way. He realized God was the same way. The judgment and the damnation upon Israel left his prophecies replaced by this fact. God loves you. He always will. He'll chase you to the ends of the earth. He'll chase you until you breathe your last breath, thief on the cross. That's how much God loves you. The pain that God is allowed to guide. Here's a parent, they've lost a child. How deep their love becomes for the children. Here are parents, they've lost a child. How compassionate their ministry to someone in the same shoes. Here's someone caught in the grips of addiction. It's been 10 years since that addiction grabbed hold of them. How wondrous their ministry is to others in the same boat. The pain that God is allowed to guide. I see it all the time. Pastor Shower sees it all the time in the stories that come from you, God's people. Hosea. Hosea. There are no prophets anymore. Do you know why? Because you are the prophets. Ambassadors for Christ. It is as if God were speaking his message through you. The LWML ambassadors. Baskets of Hope ambassadors. Feed My Starving Children ambassadors. Our parochial school, the entity of it, ambassadors. 
that's what you are. One individual, Hosea. One individual, Amos. One individual, Isaiah. One individual, Jeremiah. One individual, Micah. One individual, you. Your purpose on this earth to proclaim, as did the wedding couple yesterday, we worship him and we serve him. In our Savior's powerful name, amen. Would you rise as we pray? If you ask Hosea where the highest moment in his life was, he would have said, the redemption of my wife, bringing her back to me and bringing her back to our children. And so it shall ever be for a Christian that the most important ministry they have is to those in their own home if they're married, to the friends that God has brought into their life as Ryan and Katie witnessed to their friends yesterday at the wedding. And Heavenly Father, we have one other task besides family and friends. We have a task to be the ambassador to this world. And that world is our neighborhood, the family that we've married into, the commuter train, the place where we work, the school where we go, the college where we attend, the sorority or the fraternity that we'll become a part of. We're ambassadors to that portion of this world, speaking forth Christ. Galatians 2.20, Paul said, I've been crucified with Christ. It's no longer me who lives, but Christ who lives in me. So it is for the life of any prophet of the Most High God, in whose name we pray. Amen. Three-star general, Michael J. Flynn, head of the Pentagon Intelligence Agency, knew all the government's dirty secrets. He was one of the most respected generals in the military. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He understood its funding. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. The explosive new documentary, Flynn, deliver the truth, whatever the cost, and covers the facts behind this scandal. Flynn told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. I find out the worst enemy that I'm going to face in my life is right here in America. They took my assessment and they wanted me to change it. I was like, I'm not changing it. They had to get rid of Flynn. With in-depth interviews, archival footage, and never-before-seen personal records of the man behind the headlines. I just felt like I was drowning. Flynn. Deliver the truth, whatever the cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to salemnow.com. salemnow.com.